For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is Rashawn Evans, and you're listening to the No Nonsense Podcast. Welcome to No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast, your place to go for on-demand Titans coverage that is 100% free of the nonsense that we always see in sports talk these days. I am Luke Worsham, joined, as always, by the other two hosts of No Nonsense, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We are social distancing. Matthias is, is missing French fries, but not enough to cook any. Yes, it's a very weird time for all of us, myself in particular, when it comes to French fries. Uh, I know that if I would cook them, they just wouldn't come out the same, so I haven't attempted it. Maybe maybe one of these days, man. Maybe one of these days. You know, I will say, like, uh, the like the drive-thrus and stuff that I've been to, it's all been very safe. Like, today I went to Walmart to pick something up, which with fear and trepidation I went in there. I didn't have to touch anybody. I didn't have to touch anything. I, I put my phone on the screen, and they bring me the, what I was getting down this chute. And I just grab it and don't have to touch anyone or anything, and you leave. And it was fantastic. And I went to a drive-thru last night, and the person at the counter was wearing gloves when they scanned my card. So, like, you can do some of this stuff with with a little bit of safety to it. I don't know. Are there drive-thrus in a giant city like Miami? There absolutely is. The only problem is <laughs> there's a McDonald's right next to me, and let me tell oh, you, gross. not a lot of space to get through the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, like a little area, well, and in order to get in and out, cars have to go in way different directions. It's terrible. Well, because like we ha- we have drive-throughs in Nashville, but I like I did, I went to New York a couple weeks ago, and, I, and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, I doubt there's any drive-throughs in New York City, mainly well because no one drives, but yeah. I have noticed that, like, my favorite fast food place in Nashville is Cookout, and, like, it sometimes is like like trying to navigate, like, a very thin, like, body of water in a boat to try to get your car, like, into a parking spot, because there's just no space, and they've, like, crammed it into this tiny space. Yeah, that's how it was in Knoxville too. Like that, like just specifically at Cookout. Really, I don't know if it's something about like the amount of land that they buy or what, but it's always a very tight squeeze. I don't know what Cookout is, but it sounds way better than the drive-throughs we have here. It's crazy. You can get like th- this is not a sponsor, but you can get like quesadillas and corn dogs yeah. as sides. Those aren't even meals. Like that. Like instead of fries, you can just substitute a quesadilla. Virt- <laughs> virtually every Friday night that I don't have plans, I'll I'll go there and get like their their tray meal. This isn't busing with the boys. We we do have free shout outs on. Yeah, unfortunately, on- <laughs> these are free shout outs, and I hate it. But Rat Brian from Titans Radio, another supporter of Cookout, I saw him tweeting about it one time. Uh, we are going to get beyond fast food in this episode as we look into Titans free agency. You know, we we spent our episode last week talking about moves that the Titans and teams around the league did make, uh, and so now that we have some more time. We're going to spend it talking about things that didn't happen or have not happened yet, foremost among them, Jadeveon Clowney. So we'll get into that in just a second, but first I want to remind you that you can subscribe to or follow the show wherever you're listening to get easier and faster access to all of our new episodes. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at NoNonsensePod, same on Facebook. Guys. I have seen so much about Jadavion Clowney over the last week and a half. It's as if Von Miller is a free agent or Khalil Mack is a free agent. Um, neither one of them is. It's a guy that had three sacks last year. And and I'm seeing 
not just like the minority of Titans fans, but like the vast majority, including very smart people like Mike Miracles and Titans Film Room, clamoring for this guy. Can you two explain to me why? Because I still don't really get it. Is it just the name? Is it like the athleticism? Like, why? So, I think Clowney's a really good player. I don't, I don't think the three sacks is, is is all that fair to him. But I think Titans fans are going insane. And they seem to do this pretty much every single, every single offseason, at least for one, like, big-name free agent. Yes. And it's it's a little it's a little annoying, but 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 I understand because you know we're just trying to get better. Uh, the reason I think Clowney has become this guy is well, what one part is because we need we need an edge rusher, uh, we need a defensive lineman, especially now even with with Casey gone, uh, he would just fit him very well on the defensive line, and he's the biggest name out there. Uh, but another reason I think is coming into this free agency class, we weren't really all that sold on it, and there really weren't too many uh, like big ticket free agents. And I think that's kind of pushed up a couple of players who are average to above average into this elite category when they aren't really elite. And I think that's that's another thing that's happening here. Yeah, with Clowney, the whole thing I think is that. Even before the Casey move happened, the plan the whole time seemed to be either re-sign Conklin or sign a big-name outside like free agent that will help you as much. And all the connections were to Clowney, which makes total sense because of Rabel and his, you know, when he coached him, he had the best year of his career, nine and a half sacks, you know, all, all that stuff. So it made a whole bunch of sense, and, you know, we, we had all collectively thought about it instead of thinking about the Tom Brady potential because that always seemed fake. This seemed very real. So I think everybody got fixated on that and started to think how he is sort of the perfect complement to what this defense wants to be, what they need, you know, opposite Harold Landry, how he and Harold Landry both predominantly play on different sides. Uh, Clowney usually plays against the right tackle where Landry usually plays against the left tackle. Like, there's so many things that stack up where you look at it and say, okay, if you had to draw up a free agent and you didn't look at last year's, you know, sack numbers or, you know, when he missed time or whatever, it would look a lot like Jadavian Clowney. Now, I don't think anybody wants to pay $25 million a year or give him a Khalil Mack type deal, but I do think if the Titans have the money to get him and they don't make an aggressive offer for him after everything that's happened – it'll feel like a letdown. So it's almost like you keep doubling down on this idea and it's the whole sunk cost thing where it's just like at a certain point, I think the majority of the Titans fans want him. And I think a big part of that group wants him no matter what it costs. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but at the same time, if he makes, let's make up numbers. If he makes $22 million next year, and the Titans have that, the cap's fake, whatever. Like, going forward, they have money, all that. Like, if their offer to him was $20 million and he goes to the Colts for $22 million, at that point, and, you know, and we'll never know what the competitive offers were, but at that point, you have to feel like, okay, could you have made him an offer of $23 million and he takes it and you structure so it doesn't actually ever hit $23 million? Like, we don't know that, but at the same time, it's like it, it would really feel like the whole twist in the knife thing if he went to the Colts specifically. So now I think that's another component of it. So I think he's a good fit. I think he would be somebody that really helps the Titans, even if he's a guy like, you know, like Simmons, who doesn't always get the sacks, but he's getting pressures and eventually that will lead to sacks. But I mean, I think you don't bring him in for the sack number. I just think you bring him in because. He's a really good fit for what you need. You know, it's it's funny. When you talk about, like, why a significant historical event occurred, like, you know, the French Revolution or the Civil War or something like that, and you're like, well, you know, you can't really – it's not really one cause. It, it wasn't, you know, just this one thing. It's it's these five things happen over many years, and that's why the, the war happened. Honestly, like, that's how I feel like as we sit here and talk about why Titans fans want Jadevian Clowney. It's like, well, it's not just one thing. It's the psychology of him going to the Colts. But you know what? It's like, it's it's true. Because yeah. he is 
he's a good player, not a great player. That's based on like the things I've seen. He's going to make a lot of money. Um, I th- can we say the Titans have been interested? Have, have there been enough credible reports to that end? I don't think so. Well, I ha- I haven't seen them. There was the one credible report from like somebody I think in Seattle who said a, a week ago I think when we were doing the podcast who said that it was the Titans, Jets, and Seahawks who were who had made offers to Clowney. Other than that, I don't think we know anybody involved. Like we've talked about the rumors, I've written about it. Like there, there are definitely people out there who think they know what's going on, and whether they do or not. Inked Seahawks, whatever yeah, that yeah, guy Shane. is. Yeah, Shane. I just call him Shane. That's yes. That's the best way to well, you know, who, and, and, and that's why this, my favorite follow, by the way. Well, that remind, that's why this whole thing reminds me of Dante Hightower from, I want to say this was two years ago in free agency with the Titans. No, three. It's been three years since that happened. It was the Logan um, Ryan year, right? It, it might have been. Uh, but that it, was it, different, it, though, because he actually came in for a visit. I don't know that right? he did though, did he? Oh I no, he just he, he, was, he lives he was here in Nashville. Yeah, he was. He, and he so was people in were Nashville. connecting dots. And and it Titus took a, it, worst, it, it took a while <laughs> because like there was there was like a week or two into free agency when he resigned with New England, and, and people just kept connecting the dots, and you kept seeing tweets like Shane, where it's just like an unverified account with like thirty followers who's like. According, you know, to my sources, this guy has been offered this, like, it's nonsense. Uh, but then, like, also, like, the fake Schefter stuff, throw, you know, gets thrown in, too. Like, you know, Adarn Schefter saying that the Titans are going to, like, I, it, it's a lot of nonsense t- to me, this whole thing. I, whether they sign him or not, I don't know. But, like, I've seen a lot of Titans fans kind of, like, for the purpose of confirmation bias, buying into, like, you know, Shane and football 411 or some account like that i've seen yeah, yeah and then the madden video came out and everyone took that oh, as well, man. which was wow it was weird that was gas i remember when i my, when i got sent that my first reaction wasn't like whoa the titan the, you know ea must have some inside info my thought was what in the world happened to here see my first my first thing was info? of course well, will will probably was like oh, it's happened they're they're well, doing it I, well, okay, you look at it, and every other person – I mean, it's literally a video about, like, okay, this is a promo for why you should buy the game and, you know, why you should play the game is because look at these people switched into other uniforms. And it was literally, you know, what, six different players, including Todd Gurley, who got signed, like, Darius, an hour before that happened? Darius Slay was in that video. Yeah, it, they were all, like, very recent moves. And it was like, okay, this is a pretty clear – like, these are people that have been confirmed except for Clowney. Like, so it's like, well, that's really weird. So then the rumor came out that, and it had been out already, but it gave more credence, I guess, to the Titans had actually, quote unquote, agreed uh, to a deal with Clowney, but they weren't going to sign anything until he could take a physical because he's had core muscle issues and he's had micro microfracture surgery on his knee, like, you know, nobody's going to sign him without a physical, which does seem to be true. And with what we know about free agency, like being pushed back basically because of the coronavirus, you know, it, it seems like all that would make sense. But, you know, at the same time, we don't know if anything's changed. But when I saw that video, I thought, OK, this is agents have told EA that these are, what you know, this is what's going on. Clowney's agent told them that. They released it early and they weren't supposed to, and a deal was coming in five minutes. And then, you know, now we're here. I totally forgot, by the way, that uh, then a, a video came out of Vrabel. He was like, it was something about Talking. like an 87 year old guy. Yeah. Well, the Titans yeah. emailed that video to everyone, like really promoting it. Like, you know, feel free to post this on your Twitter. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it must be a slow content day. I, it's all every day is a slow content day during COVID nineteen, but um, right, I, I, yeah, and, and then people were trying to read into that, like you're saying, like because the man asked Vrabel, I don't remember what his name is, was, uh, but the man asked Vrabel, he's like, you know, something like, are y'all going to sign any free agents? And Vrabel said, uh, you know, we we were happy to get a few of our guys back. We signed a couple free agents, um, but you know, we're looking ahead to the draft now. 
And so now people are like, they're not going to get clowny because Coach Vrabel told some guy on the phone that, that they're looking at the draft now. Well, Dude, and it's, it's total crazy, insanity. Man. And then, okay, again, I love this. This is my favorite time of year. <laughs> of course it know, is. Like, the, the week before free agency until the draft is over is like rumor season, and I love it. So uh, I, I've, I've watched that video, a clip of it, a billion times. He does say that, and it sounds like he's about to say something, and then he doesn't. So it's very clear that like he knows he's being recorded. He knows it's going to be sent out and he like almost says something and doesn't. And he talks about how he signed a couple of free agents and you are right. He, he did do that. Like he started to say something and pause. Yeah. I didn't and catch then he that. Caught, like he, his, his, like his eyes kind of shifted and he was like, Oh, I, you know, I've got to be careful. And he said, you know, we signed a couple of guys, but when he said that they were, I mean, 12 hours away from signing the special teams guy. So yeah. And it's the, not like, oh yeah, the time was like Beasley before that. Yeah. But so, so it's like, okay, if he's going to make it plural, there's only one that they actually signed and that's Vic Beasley. And then 12 hours later, they signed a special teams player to a one year contract. I don't think that's what he was talking about. So then it's like, okay, maybe he's not talking about, uh, maybe he's not talking about that guy. Maybe he is talking about Clowney and he already signed him or considers him signed and they're like moving on. Like they've already got that. I don't know. Let's, let's, uh, let's show special teams player some respect. What's his name? Nick Zunbar. Zunbar. Am I right? Very good. Very good. Oh, so we don't know. Um, very fast three cone guy. Like he ran like six, seven, three cone. Like Zunbar. Yeah, D-Z-U-V-N-A-R. If you're listening yeah, to this, Nick, if you're listening to this, I promise that in person I'm not as much of an a-hole as I'm acting right now about pronouncing your name and not knowing how to, uh, yeah, how to pronounce it. We'll, we'll all personally apologize. Yes. Is he a long snapper also, or did I see completely wrong? No, I don't think – I know he played oh, – he's a linebacker. He's a linebacker yeah. and special teams guy. Six three four six, like ran a really fast three cone. Seems like a super athletic guy. Yeah, it is kind of funny though. Like we're right in the middle of free agency. Like last week was the peak stuff, and now we're in probably wave three is what I would consider this. And Adam, we're sitting here like we need to have the special teams linebacker on our podcast because there's no content. Like that's that's what coronavirus has done. It has just zapped like the content sphere. Let's do it then. Does Dubnar? Oh my. Zubnar. Zubnar. Boy, it wasn't Zunbar. Zubnar. Sorry. Please dude. come on the podcast and teach us how to say your name. But does he replace Darren Bates? Let's talk about it. Does this guy have a Twitter? Zubnar? Yeah, it's a Zanzibar93. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. No, I actually that. typed that into the search box, Will. <laughs> Zanzibar93. Yeah. I mean,. Um, so here's the thing is people have talked about like, okay, he's going to replace Bates. And that definitely feels true because – Or Woodyard. Yeah, but I mean they have David Long who presumably is going to replace Woodyard. It felt like they were heavy at inside linebacker anyway for you know how much they played guys and all that. Like I don't know. Like I feel like – I'll say all that to say it, even though it didn't sound like it. I do think he takes Bates' spot, which is weird because – Bates is very much like a Vrabel guy. Like he is, you know, he's very high intensity sideline special teams guy. Well, comes Vrabel in, loves Bates, gets praise. Like, yeah, and so like apparently, so does everybody not named Paul Kaharski because like Lawan uh, <laughs> on the podcast on Bustin' with the Boys talks about like you know they always brings up Bates and Compton brings up Bates. Like he seems like a very well liked locker room guy. So I mean. It, he, he, he didn't play bad last year. He had the forced fumble uh, in the Jaguars game that gave the Titans the ball like inside the yeah. 10 and was part of that like 24-point scoring stretch that they had. So I it it seems weird that they would – and I this is not even a conspiracy that I think they're going to make any moves. I just think it was, a, it was a very strange decision to sign him. But like I said, he is super athletic. They never keep more than four inside linebackers, right? Last year they did with uh, – Did they? Jayon, Rashawn, Woodyard, David Long, and Bates. Oh, Bates, right. <laughs> yeah. The guy we've been talking about the whole time. Oh, yeah, the subject I, of the you know, Maybe they do bring him back. I, I want to return to Clowney for just a second, um, and then after that I have a question for Will. But with, with Clowney, we, we touched on this a little bit, I think, before free agency. 
if this were to happen, because you know so many people are clamoring for this to happen, what's the fit look like? You know, this is a Vrabel guy. His best sack season was under Vrabel. But look, the Titans need someone to get after the quarterback, and that's not who Clowney is. So w- where's the fit? No, he isn't. But I think they think Vic Beasley could be that guy. And if you, you pair Beasley with Landry and then you play Clowney on the interior, I think you could get a lot more out of Clowney than you would just letting him rush off the edge. Uh, I, I feel like he's more an interior disruptor than he is a pure edge um, and, and it makes sense given his, his size and where he's actually had success in the past. You know, he's almost like a fast yeah, I mean, Damon Harrison. No, no, he's no, a, no, no, he's no, like no, no. he's like a stronger, faster Derek Morgan. Like that's that's who yeah. he is. It's but Derek like, Morgan got he, sacks. I mean, did Derek Morgan ever have double digit sacks? Okay, well, no. hold, hold on. Okay, well, okay, then there we go. Like. Clowney I mean, was getting Clemney, nine sacks a year before yeah, this year. It's yeah, not like Clemney has yeah, Clemney had eighteen and a half sacks over uh not this past year, but the two years before that. The his last two years with the Texans. And I'm not saying that he's a great pass rusher because I don't think he necessarily is. But yeah, okay, well, I'm saying I, I'm, he's just a bigger You know, I'm looking at I'm looking at Morgan's stats right now, and, and you're you're right. I think that's a, yeah, it's, a fair comparison. Yeah, and I and I think that's part of why defenses are successful because i think if you put cameron wake or like in this instance let's say vic beasley and harold landry out there i just don't think you can stop the run when you need to and that's not as big of a part of the game anymore but having a guy who can do both who can get let's say he gets seven sacks and you get seven sacks from him you get nine sacks from landry again like i mean that's not a bad number, and they're also both players that, you know, Landry plays sideline to sideline. He can stop screens. You know, he's not limited to being a designated pass rusher type guy. And then you get Clowney who gets, you know, five sacks playing edge and, you know, two sacks playing inside versus a guard. And then you have Vic Beasley come in, and he's never had less than five sacks. So let's say he gets just bare minimum five sacks. Well, now you've got three different guys on the team with more than five sacks, and the you know the Titans don't have that very often. So you know if you can get that, it's not ideal and it's not perfect. But you know not everybody can invest four first round picks in the defensive line. So you just kind of have to try to make fit what you can. And as long as you don't expect them to be, you know Von Miller, Dwight Freeney, like those freak pass rusher type guys, as long as you expect him to be more Mario Williams than you do either one of those guys, that's fine. But my concern is that they would be paying him like one of those guys. I don't think they will because it would have happened by now. He's clearly not getting the money he wants, and I don't think he's going to get it. Well, that was the report that came out, right, was that uh, he wanted to be paid among, quote-unquote, among the highest-paid defensive ends in the NFL. Yeah. Okay, great. That didn't come. And then the next thing was I, he said, you know, I'm not getting the deals I want, so I'm going to consider taking a shorter-term deal instead. And he didn't sign. So it seems like nobody's really willing to pay him that upper echelon. And I don't know what that number is. Like the highest-paid edge in the league is uh, Khalil Mack at 22.5 a year. But like the – the gap bet- yeah, the gap between him and the next paid guy is like eighteen million or something. So nineteen yeah. million maybe. So I, I I just don't know like what exactly he's won. Yeah. Um, I think he's again like maybe sixteen mil. I don't think he's getting more than that. I really don't. Anything under eighteen, I think it's fine because like we've talked about a bunch before. I, I think the cap is rumored to hit you know two hundred forty million next year. So like. If that if that's true, then you know that that's not a big chunk of change in terms of what the money they'll have to spend is. Before we move on to our next topic, as I said, I have a question for Will. You you brought up you love this time of year, referring to the, the nonsense rumors and and you know football four one one, which reminds me of you being the conspiracy theorist that you are. You nailed you nailed Jarrell Casey, um, yeah. you na- and you nailed Rashard Matthews well before that happened. So my question to you is: What other hits have you have that we've forgotten about? 
Oh man. Okay. So those are those are the two biggest ones because nobody else was talking about them at the time. Um, I think I think that uh, Finch. Just, Finch. Just, just, <laughs> well, the the food fight with with Sharif Finch. Just just <laughs> in terms of uh, like ideas that I've had that I think are true that I don't know that we'll ever you know know is I think that. Uh, I, I think that Kevin Pumfield was indeed a money laundering scheme. Yeah, he, he is not. He doesn't actually exist. Uh, I think that uh, uh, Harold Landry, like his fall, was manufactured. I think it was more like, uh, it, it, like, and this one sounds super crazy, but I think you know when you get those anonymous scouts talking, Landry was supposed to be a first round pick for forever. And then all of a sudden he drops all the way out because of mysterious like ankle concerns from a medical team. And I think that was the Titans. Like, again, like that's that's something you can't prove. But I'm trying to think what other big rumors or like conspiracy theories. I I can think of one uh, that, that Dick LeBeau was actually the one that drafted Kevin Dodd. Oh, yeah, I still firmly believe that. Uh, so I encourage you all, go back and look at the uh, um, heights and weights and kind of the testing of all the guys that uh, Dick LeBeau played edge that uh, were drafted in the first couple of rounds in Pittsburgh. And if you go back and look, uh, they're all sort of similar to Kevin Dodd, like, you know, Per you know per square pound like when you adjust for weight is the right way to say it and like it's very different than anything John Robinson has drafted at this point. So other than that, like it in John Robinson has been, I think been pretty vocal about how he lets the defensive coordinators and head coaches like have input on you know if you want this guy you know we're gonna watch film of him. I want everybody involved. You know if you if you're ready to pound the table for this guy. And it was a year where they had three second round picks. Like it feels very much like a year where he says, "Okay, you you know, you tell me a guy you're in love with, and I'll sign him." And I think Dick LeBeau, you know, eyesight going or whatever, said, "I really like Kevin Dodd," and he said, "Okay, we'll get him," and they did. And you know, that was such a weird one of the weird picks in in Titans history, I think, because not only like did he not fit the scheme, he wasn't because- a need. It, it wasn't really a need, and he was a one-year wonder, a complete one-year wonder. And John Robinson has been shown to draft like that throughout his entire tenure as a as a nope. GM anywhere, anywhere, not, not, not ever again. And it's the one that that's what I'm saying. Like that feels very like if you had to point to one aberration, it would be him. Yeah, very weird. Um, before we get into talking about a player that has played well for the Titans. Um, This just popped up on my phone from a couple hours ago. Statement from Bill Belichick on the releasing of Steven Gostkowski. This dude wrote like two paragraphs about Steven Gostkowski. Well, he made a lot of big kicks for them. Future Titan, Steven Gostkowski. Not out of my mind. I mean, you wouldn't take him? Oh, I would take him in a heartbeat. Exactly. I have, I'll say this, I have no idea. Like, I have not, like, the amount of attention I've paid to Gowski over the last three years is only when the Titans have played them. So, I don't know. Like, I'd actually like to, I'd I'd like to save the kicker discussion for Stop the Nonsense because I have some things to say. Um, about that. So, stay tuned. Sorry for bringing it up. Oh, wait, that wasn't me. Wait, I was the one that brought it up. Yeah, it's like, well, y'all calm down talking about kickers. So, so I'll change <laughs> like the topic. So I'll change the topic. Yeah. We'll come back to kickers because um, I, I my nonsense for for this week is that. Um, let's talk about Logan Ryan. You know, we, we've had this discussion a time or two of whether the Titans should bring him back, but at this point, especially with Clowney looking maybe less and less likely, you know, you made the case he trade to clear up some cap space if they let's let's start with this if they don't sign Clowney or trade for Ngakwe or do something crazy like that is Logan Ryan the consolation prize 
I yeah, I think I think so. I mean, we need a nickel cornerback. They, like it's an actual need. So uh, whether they do it in free agency or the draft, uh, I don't know. I, I would rather they do it in free agency because I don't think it's it's the best option to trust the rookie in that situation. It's a really tough position, and, and it's getting tougher by the season. Um, I, I know Logan Ryan has lost a lot a lot of speed, but I I think if they match up correctly against receivers. Uh, which Dean Pease kind of struggled with at times. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer to bring him back, especially since it seems like he's not going to get the kind of money uh, he wants and he might have to settle for a shorter deal. Uh, I think that works out in the Titans' favor. Yeah, on that speed note, but both times that they played the Chiefs last year, one game they won, one they lost, the whole game they were getting torched by you know, Sammy Watkins and, and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, everybody gets torched by Tyreek Hill, but... Like it, it wasn't even really. Nobody cl- gets it wasn't even, Sammy Watkins. Well, yeah, but but like with it, Hill, it, 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 it wasn't even close. Like it, it yeah. wasn't even like they had a, a shot. It was just kind of every play he shot out of a cannon, and there he was, wide open. Yeah, that that's why I I have my reservations, but I I don't know. I, I have faith in Vrabel to to actually match up correctly in games. Call me crazy. The pro- well, okay. and having Butler so, back will help too, because he, he he didn't play in either of those games. Yeah, yeah. And let me true. let me let me get on my soapbox real here, real quick, and talk about this. The whole methodology behind how the Titans tried to stop the Chiefs was backwards. Like, and I know that's easy to say because they didn't win the game, but it was how they played for large chunks of the year last year. And I've said it a million times, but it's the whole like we're going to drop eight and force you to throw good passes. That's fine to do against Nick Foles. I'm with it's you, not man. okay to do against Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, with you. Preach it. So, you know, it's like, okay, if you, you, what you're telling me is you would rather put Logan Ryan directly on Tyreek Hill for six seconds than you would have him for three seconds and just hope that he doesn't get beat deep. It's like, I can tell you he's going to get beat deep in six seconds and three anyway. seconds. Yeah, yeah. In three seconds, he might have a chance. And, you know, best case scenario, you get a sack or a fumble or a poorly thrown pass that's intercepted. Like, I mean, we've seen that from Holmes against the Titans. Like, that's how his first pass of the game was against the Titans. It was almost a pick, but the ground hit the ball in the first game they played. So, you know. I, I'm, I'm afraid what happened, is, and I guess I'm not afraid because it's already done, but I, I think what happened is the Titans said, okay, this game plan worked, but they still put up a lot of points. What if they expect us to do this and we do something else instead? And they out, you know, they overthought it, and they did what bad teams do and didn't play to their strengths, and it, it cost them a chance at the Super Bowl. But, you know, it, all that to say that I don't think Logan Ryan is a huge problem. Like, I think for 10 out of the 16 games last season, he was very, very good. And I think he was great in the slot. I think he was overmatched outside versus faster receivers, which is like we talked about Malcolm Butler's job anyway. And Adoree Jackson, who was also hurt down that stretch. Like, I think they just needed him to do too much, and that's not who he is. Like, if he was that guy, he would be making $17 million a year, not $10 million a year. So... You know, if he is the consolation prize, he's he's a really solid consolation prize. It's not like if the Titans had given Vic Beasley a five year deal for ninety million dollars. Like it's it's yeah, it's not a bad like any contract with Logan Ryan is probably not going to be a bad deal just because he can do so much for you. But I mean, nobody wants a consolation prize. That that's that's the whole thing behind it is. You know, nobody's going to be satisfied with it. So, well, and uh, you know, it's interesting from the financial standpoint. Uh, Buck Rising, who I work with at A to Z Sports, reported last week that um, Ryan has, from the beginning, been the Titans' priority over Conklin. Um, and so, I obviously, really? yeah, and obviously, there's a greater chance. I think there's a greater chance now that they bring in Ryan than there ever was that Conklin was going to come back based on that. Well, and not not only that, but um, the quote coming out from Dennis Kelly was uh, something to the – this is not a direct quote, but it was something to the effect of when the Titans told me that they were picking me over Conklin, yada, 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 yada. I mean, he made it sound very clear that 
before the deal was done, they told him, you know, we're letting Conklin go in free agency and we're going to get a deal done with you. And, you know, like they, well, they made the De- decision. Like they Dennis's lost the bidding. quote, Dennis, the quote that you're referring to was, there may have been a different one, but because I remember looking at the transcript recently, the quote was, um, they told me um, that if they were to pick me over Conklin, it would be as the starter, not to compete with anyone. Yeah, that that may be the quote. Like that, that may be the full quote. Which it, either way is kind of the same. And thing. it does, like, I think, make the same point. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if we give you a contract, it's because we think you're the starting offensive tackle. It's not because we're not sure and we're keeping you around to fight for a job. Which I'm sure you will fight for a job. I'm sure the Titans will draft a tackle. But the point is that it was a conscious decision. Well, I mean, you don't pay someone seven million dollars to not start. He's only making three and a half this year, isn't he? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter. But I mean, I think you're right. Like, I think, I think they did right by him. I think they paid him sort of what he should have been paid for. You know, kind of how he's been a spot starter and a rotational guy and all that. Like, I think he's been a really good player for the Titans. But I think they job making sure he was on the team for a reasonable cap hit. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, ideally you start him unless, you know, you're looking, you're, you know, you're in the first round and you're like, okay, there's a great offensive tackle that I should take here. And I know we just told Kelly that, but we'll figure something else out down the road. I find it interesting, um, how the Titans really felt about Conklin this entire time. I don't know. I, I thought they were more sold on him, um, than maybe I was and a couple of other people were, but I, I find it interesting that, they prioritized other positions and even Dennis Kelly possibly over him. Um, yeah, I, ju- I do remember on the last day of the season, um, we, we, I, on locker cleanout day, we were going around. And I just remember after talking to Jack Conklin, getting a vibe of like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the last time I've talked to this guy. Hmm. Like, it, it just kind of felt like. He was going to cash in somewhere else. I, I don't know why, but I had just had this feeling in my gut that was like, that was the last time he's going to be in this locker room. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess we should have known when they declined his fifth-year option, although it was the logical move given the, given the injury yeah. and all of that. But, yeah, I think that was kind of maybe foreshadowing that even whatever happened this year, it was probably going to come to an end. I mean, for the record, I completely disagree with the decision. They should have. They should have signed him. Like, I mean, well, especially, especially I think it, the, the bag. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. It's like, and, and on the note of you know going back to the clowning thing for a second, it's almost like, and I think you hit on this, Will, because you made the Casey trade because you traded a very well liked player who's on the decline but still has something left to give, because you traded him away. Purely for cap, because if Jarrell Casey was free, the Titans would would still have him today. But you traded him for cap. If you don't do anything with that, it's a it's a really bad look, I think. And it, and and it makes it look like it, it's not so much them being worried about oh we look bad to the fans. No, it's like if that happens, it's very clear that something you had planned fell through. Yeah, it's it, it's bad PR. <laughs> that's what that's probably the way I look at it. Even if it doesn't really affect the team as a whole, which I think it might if they, if they don't sign another uh, impact player, uh, it just like you said, it, it it is a bad look. And I think everyone assumed something was in the works as soon as that trade went down, uh, given what they got back for Casey. And nothing has happened yet. We haven't really seen any rumors. And it just makes you wonder, like, what 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 is the plan? Although John Robinson has kind of given us what we're supposed to give him the benefit of the doubt, just because he's keeps making good decisions. But yeah, it's definitely something to wonder about. I'm trying to come up with an analogy for the situation. I, I I'm struggling to, but again, you you don't make that Casey move just for the sake. John Robinson's not one of these guys because I'm convinced there are people like that in the NFL that just cut people for the sake of having cap. For no reason, like to not use it. That's not who John Robinson is. Okay. So it's like in the middle of a pandemic going out to buy 
a million rolls of toilet paper and then not using them. Yeah, it's like you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very topical. Like, but I mean, you're right. It's like you don't. You but, don't but, make but, a move but then, like, like afterwards, that. trying to be like, well, I, didn't, I didn't think I would need this. I just kind of thought it'd be cool to have in the house. Yeah, like, and you can talk about the value of Casey versus Daquan Jones because, you know, if they cut Daquan Jones, they get something like $7 million in cap or something. So, you know, there was another player on the team who you could have moved on from who didn't have the same connection in history with the team uh, for a similar cap hit. But, I mean, I, I don't I don't want this to sound harsh or anything, but I think the reason why Robinson made that move is because, A, he think he, in his mind, for a move like that to happen, two things have to be true. One, you feel comfortable making that move even if you don't replace that player with an outside player. So I don't think that move necessarily indicates that the Titans are going to look for a starter at defensive tackle. Like I think they believe they have that in Simmons. Everything we've seen says they have that in Simmons. Like I think you have to be confident in that first. And second, you have to be planning on if you're committing a certain number of resources like you know cap in this situation, if you're committing $13 million to him, you have to have a plan that says, okay, what can we get back for what we're giving away that will help us short-term and long-term? And I think I think he has a plan A and a plan B. I think Clowney's plan A, and I hope we don't have to see plan B. We're going to take a 30-second break to play you a word from one of our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about free agency leftovers and ask the question of who that's left other than Clowney and Ryan, could the Titans take a look at that might make some sense? So stay tuned, and we will come right back to talk about that. Okay, we are back, and we are going to talk about, as I said, some free agents that are left out there that the Titans might take a look at. Before we look across the league, guys, I have, I'm, I'm looking at a list of, of the Titans' free agents, and they have brought some back. Uh, obviously, Tannehill and, and Henry are the big ones, but they re-signed um, Chris Milton. They re-signed Michael Pruitt, the, the blocking tight end, who's a good fit when they run the football. Is there anyone else on this list that, that one of you guys kind of thinks to yourself, yeah, that would that one would make sense too? Sorry, you mean of available free agents? Of, of the Titans guys. Of like, the Titans. Like, yeah. like a Kamale Correa, for example. Oh yeah, Correa would make a ton of sense if if they strike out on on some of these uh, defensive linemen that uh, that are out there. Um, and in terms of well, you know, you got to bring back Austin Johnson. That's a that's a no brainer. And any any time you was, can, that was, absolute, that was absolute sarcasm. <laughs> you know, I would like to see them bring back Tremaine Brock. I thought he did really really well filling in, um, given the amount of injuries that we had. He was he was one of our better cornerbacks, probably. Behind a Dory or on par with a Dory um, for the duration of the time that he was a starter, and I would he could play in the slot too. So he's a very, very versatile guy who I would like to see them bring back. You know, it's interesting. I expected Lashawn Sims to get overpaid in free agency and be a much earlier signing because I kind of thought he would get swept up in the wave of. You know, he's done good when they've asked him to come in, but he's he's played in such a talented secondary for so many years with guys like you know Butler and Ryan and Dory Jackson that he hadn't gotten his time to shine. And some of that was knocked by the the, the Malcolm Butler injury this year. Uh, but I expected him to get more play than he has at this point. And sort of similar with Kamale Correa, just because he was so productive at the end of the season, I expected him to be a guy that sort of for no reason a team freaks out about and falls in love with. But right. neither, and neither has happened, really young. and they're both sitting on the street and can probably be had for under $10 million a year. Yeah, I mean, neither, neither, one of those, uh, neither one of those guys is the best free agent that the Titans are losing out of the big group. Like, Tajay Sharp was second it, with the Titans. He had four touchdowns last year. He was second among Titans. You know, he had 330 yards on 25 catches. I mean, 
he was really good last year in the very rare occasions that they used him. I mean, he was catching sideline passes. He was catching stuff in the back of the end zone. Like, I mean, he was the recipient of that weird scramble drill versus the Saints where he and Tannehill kind of unspoken language that he was going to go across the formation. I mean, I, I like Tajay Sharp a lot. Like, I don't know that he would come back to the Titans because I just don't think that he wants to be – that 20% of the snap kind of guy or 20% of the snaps kind of guy. But I mean, I think the Titans could do a lot worse than him as their, you know, wide receiver four. I told you he's going to the Raiders for sure. He's going to be the new Seth Roberts. That's just how it is. Who is the the guy who played defensive back who uh, played, has like one catch in his career and it was that touchdown catch with the Titans. Yeah. Rico Gafford. Yeah. He's going to be Rico Gafford. That was so bizarre to me when that happened. If, if you're not following uh, Rico Gafford was in training camp with the Titans as a defensive back converted to wide receiver the next off season, joined the Raiders made like the practice squad got called up before they played the Titans this past season, a game the Titans won and caught like a 50 yard bomb from Derek Carr in that game. It was just, I didn't even know he was in the league. And they were like, Rico Gafford with the touchdown. I was like, what? I remember every single day I would watch Kerry Combs yell at that guy because he was terrible as a defensive back. Really fast, though. He ran like a 4-3 something. So. Yeah. I remember people. I remember people kept being like, this dude's going to sneak onto the 53-man roster. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's awful. Well, he's fast. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that actually. I do oh, remember the Rico that. Gafford stance. Yeah. Okay, outside of the Titans group, who do we got? You guys gave me some names before we started. Uh, Matias, you mentioned uh, Nickel, Roby Coleman, and Everson Griffin as guys that you think could still be options. Yeah, Nickel, Roby Coleman is essentially. Nickel, Roby just- Coleman job the Saints. Yes, he did. He did. That's what he's best known for, but he should be known for his actually really <laughs> solid uh, coverage because he's one of the best slot corners there is in the NFL. And him and Logan Ryan are Which, kind of on par. I, I think Roby Coleman has, has actually played better than Ryan for the last couple of seasons. Um, if your so, name is spelled like nickel, you, you should be a pretty good nick right? corner. Right, I think so too. That, <laughs> even though it's pronounced Nickel, yeah, because there's he, he, he is also the reason that I have refs, pass interference, and officiating muted on Twitter because I couldn't take it anymore. It was <laughs> oh my god, but it was the most blatant pass interference ever. Anyway, moving on, I would love to see them replace Logan Ryan with Roby Coleman if the price is right. They they already showed interest in him in the past uh, when he was last a free agent. I think two years ago that was. Uh, no, three years ago, when Logan Ryan was also a free agent. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, uh, well, they can't bring him in for a visit given the current situation, but at least talk to him. <laughs> they Skype him or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, they throw up a video chat. Yeah, and, and then the other guys, Everett Griffin, obviously, he's, now that he got released from the Vikings, he's one of the other bigger named free agents out there. And I think... I mean, I know he's older than Clowney, so he's probably going to cost less, but he's been more productive than Clowney from a pass rush perspective. Uh, he doesn't necessarily fit the defense as good as Clowney does, I don't think. Uh, he's more of a 4 3 defensive end, but he could still stand up and rush when, when you need him to, and I think he could wreak havoc on the interior as well because he's really big. Uh, and he has, he has a lot of really good pass rush moves. He's just a really, really, really good player. He can beat you with a bull rush. He can beat you with a swim move. He's... He's a very good player. I know he's up there in age, but he's actually he's like never injured. It's crazy. The only the only times he's missed games uh, have been because of mental health issues, which he said he's passed and he's actually in a really good place. So yeah, that I think thing, he'd be a that real- thing was very bizarre when that happened. Yeah, yeah he left strange. them like in the middle of the season, right? And then like something weird happened at a hotel. I don't know. That wasn't him. Hospital. Yeah, that was was that Chandler Jones. Who was that? Who was that? Was that not Everson Griffin? It might have been Everson Griffin. No, I think, I think I'm thinking. I think I'm thinking of Chandler Jones, but well, I do think Zay Jones almost jumped out of his it apartment. Zay it was Zay Jones. That oh, was okay. It. That's that's not what I was thinking of. By the way, that sound you heard a minute ago, you, you two didn't hear about when when Matias said, "If the Price is Right," I played the Price is Right theme song for our listeners. <laughs> you got to play that on the. Just, just for yeah, just for a short amount of time, so we don't get like demonetized or whatever. Yes, 
however that works on the internet. Well, who do you have in mind? You know, it's tough because, like, Everson Griffin is the one guy who stands out above everybody else. There's there's some weird things that could happen. Like, if I'm just, like, playing Madden, like, I, I, I wouldn't mind getting Jason Peters just because I think he's so big. I mean, I don't think – I know he's so big that I'm like, is it really that hard for him to play right tackle the way he plays left tackle? Like, again, I'm, I don't think the Titans are going to do anything like that, but I'm just trying to think, like, okay – who are the players that are available who you could kind of make a spot for on the team? Like, you know, Shelby Harris from uh, the Broncos was a guy that people were like, he's going to get paid by somebody if he doesn't get paid by uh, the Broncos. And he was, you know, he's been really solid. He plays uh, defensive tackle kind of kind of like uh, Casey. I guess that's a really good comparison is he like, that's probably why they traded for Casey is because they kind of play the same way. So, I mean, if that if that helps you picture what he is, except he's, you know, not 30 years old. Are you talking about Derek Wolf like, right now? No, no, no. Uh, it's Shelby Harris. Sorry. I think he, I think he Different led Bronco. the league. In, yeah. I like Derek Wolf, man. When he yeah, played he's, against he's, us, he wrecked us. Absolutely yeah, he, wrecked us. Yeah, he's like a slightly more <laughs> athletic. Uh, Everyone, Herbert. including the quarterback, wrecked the Titans in that game. Good point. Good point. Uh, including the Titans yeah. quarterback. Yep. Yeah. That's fun. Let's let's bring that memory up. Um, I think he led. This is what I was trying to say. I think he led the league with uh, in pass deflections, like from the line of scrimmage. I think it was like nine or something. Like he had a crazy amount where he was just like knocking them down all the time. So, I mean, the Titans never do that, right? I mean, they try to, but again, notice they're all too Casey. short. <laughs> yeah, but Casey's like six foot tall. Like, I mean, his his hands aren't getting anywhere. If in everybody else's for you know, forever hasn't been as athletic. I mean, I think the last guy they had that would like swap passes down was Rapati Patoa Tua. And he yeah, was, yeah. He was so maybe in, my head, yeah, maybe in my head, he was like swatting down passes and he wasn't actually doing it. But that seems like what was happening to me. Um, the only other guy I want to talk about is like a potential signing who I don't, I don't know that I like it at all is Jonathan Joseph. And that's because I, I believe Luke is super against him. I don't uh, like him, man. Heck I don't no, like him either. Never. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not like, I'm not on the like sign him like bandwagon, but you know, if they do want to, if they want to get older and slower at defensive back, <laughs> that's the way they could get. But it, let, I, let me, let me just, let me talk name. about Joseph because there was a rumor yeah. out there from a yeah. credible source. If I recall that the Titans were like interested in him. The worst secondary performance outside of watching the Titans a few years back before Robinson took took over, the worst secondary performance I've ever seen was that Houston Texans secondary against the Titans on Monday Night Football last year. They were awful. And in this past season, 2019, A.J. Brown was torching Justin Houston, or Justin Houston, Jonathan Joseph. Um... What about when I, Drew Locke absolutely lit them up? Oh, gosh. I, I, oh, no, it wasn't Locke. It was Brandon Allen. Sorry. Yuck. It, I, don't, I do not understand it. Like, it, he's a variable guy. I get it. And Jonathan Joseph, you know, if you'd asked me five years ago, love Jonathan Joseph. He's a great football player. But, like, it, it's just not there anymore. Like, move on. I agree. The, yeah, the I mean, station has left, or the, the train has left the station. Yep, all of that. I mean, he's 36 years old. Like, I mean, And this just, isn't like uh, that guy that played for the Vikings forever. What was his name? Oh, Terrence Newman. Uh, Terrence, Terrence Newman. Newman. Yeah. That's, he, that's not this. Yeah. I'd like to retract my statement. It was Drew Locke, not Brandon Allen. I shouldn't okay. have corrected myself. <laughs> Drew Please Locke's, strike that from the Drew record. Locke's, like Drew Locke's not that bad. I mean, he played well uh, last year. Also, like we talked about him earlier, but I wouldn't mind having Snacks Harrison. Like, I mean, he's really, really good. I you mean, know, they I, need a, they I need a defensive lineman, it. and that, yeah, would, like, that would allow you to play Daquan at one technique. You'd have the biggest defensive line probably in the NFL. But yeah, I mean, it's like if you play Daquan and then you rotate in Damon Harrison, like, and you use those guys because the Titans love to use backup defensive linemen. I mean, they love to rotate those guys all the time. So like, yeah, that if you, would make you, sense. Yeah, if you rotate those guys in and out, and then at three tech, 
or, or you know, if you're if you're in a four three look, you have Jeffrey Simmons and uh, Isaiah Mack is like you're the guys you're rolling through. Like, I mean, yeah, you can do point, a lot with. Yeah, I can like, see you can that. I can, like I can actually see that happening. Like that's not just like oh, I think yeah. it'd be a good idea. Like I can see that happening. There you go. You heard it here first. My conspiracy theory. <laughs> I, My, if it comes true, I only have one other free agent because we need a backup running back, man. I don't like. I don't. We we need a backup running back, and I think signing well, Chris Thompson would just be a very commonsensical so hurt, decision, though. All the time. I know. I know. But the the times he isn't hurt, he's like one of the most effective running backs in the league. So I I wouldn't hate. I mean, it. he's a good receiver, but yeah. Has Taylor Gabriel signed anywhere? I don't think not so. that I recall seeing he like what, how so how long ago was it when he was just like on fire where it was just like two or three years it's been yeah like, like he never did anything with Chicago I wouldn't I wouldn't but nobody does anything with Chicago unless they can run a curl route all the time so it's like I would almost like like to give him a shot and just tell him and Khalif Raymond to compete against each other and if Khalif Raymond wins great you know that's uh, fine we're comfortable with you if not bad. like yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. That's Cameron Batson's job. Oh, I, I apologize. Strike everything from the record. They're <laughs> they're going to give him a six year deal anyway. So, oh man. Well, I think we're about ready to wrap up with our stop the nonsense segment. And since I already teased mine, I'll start. Nothing terribly egregious, although, uh, as I said, it's going to be about kickers. So yesterday, when uh, when Steven Goskowski was released by the Patriots, I quote tweeted, I think Rappaport. And I said, uh, the Titans need a kicker, need a good kicker in a bad way, dot, dot, dot. And someone responded to me. I I won't say the name because uh, that's rude. But I'll just tell you what this person said. They said, uh, uh, Greg Joseph, not good enough, question mark. Now, if you don't know or maybe you weren't paying attention, Greg Joseph did not attempt a field goal for the Titans in the regular season last year. He attempted one in the postseason, made it, and he did make all of his extra points. Um but so this guy said, Greg Joseph, not sufficient. And, and I said, is that a risk you think they should take? Because I wrote in a column, I want to say it was last month, that the Titans needed to cut suck up because the kicking game was so horrific last season that they needed to overcorrect. And, um, and so I said, is that a risk you think they should take? Because it would be a risk to, to take Greg Joseph. And he said, potentially, there are much higher priorities than kicker. I mean, sure, if your kicker's good. Uh, Joseph hit everything he was asked to last year. And I said, you're right. Greg Joseph hit all one of his field goal attempts last year. <laughs> he, said, he said, I know, I know, not impressive, but he didn't, didn't miss an extra point. I'm just saying I wouldn't seek out Goskowski. And then there was someone else. It might not have been him. Maybe he deleted it. But someone, let me try to find this, because I sent this to you guys, where someone tweeted at me and was like, well, actually, the fact that he only attempted one kick is a good thing. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Maybe maybe did this. Okay, here it is. Uh didn't, see jo- didn't sign Joseph until the end of the season, and he was essentially error-proof. Despite not having a ton of opportunities, what? Like that's yeah. so logically flawed. Like <laughs> because he only had one opportunity, I should be more impressed with the fact that he made it. Well, yeah, it's like a, a bench player in the NBA coming out, coming off the bench and draining uh, a three. You know, it's very, very impressive. Yeah, happens. I'm going right back to the bench. <laughs> this happens every year. Well. You know, kicker talk is is interesting because there are two, and this will be the stop the nonsense for next week. Is you calling me out about interrupting you to say this? Is uh, there's two kickers in the XFL who are both perfect from, and if there's one position by the way that should translate from the XFL to the NFL, it's kicker. Like the job is not that much different. I don't remember but, in the AAF they had these like weird balls because I was watching Nick yeah, Folt was- kick, and every time the ball came off his foot, it looked hideous. Yeah, that was super weird. But uh, they have a kicker, uh, McGinnis, I think is his last name. Uh, McGinnis or McGannis, maybe. And uh, he was 10 for 10 on field goals, didn't miss an extra point, and he led the uh, league with kickbacks. I think he had four, and I I think it was kind of – I know their kickoffs were different, but like at the very least – 
if you're the Titans and you're like, okay, all we need is a consistent kicker who can kick the ball through the back of the end zone. Like he doesn't have to be a guy who can nail it from, you know, 55 yards out anymore. Like we don't, they don't need that kind of guy necessarily. It would be great to have him, but you know, that's got to be a guy you look at, right? Like somebody who's consistent and can kick the ball through the back of the end zone. Like I, I would, I would go after him now for peanuts or just draft blank. Yeah. Or- or that. Yeah, but, that but like, why, okay, here's my thing is why spend a draft pick on a kicker? Because I've kind of fluctuated back at this point. It depends where. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, trading Casey for a kicker, if, if, you know, he ends up being a kicker well, that stays on the roster. Well, you're the always the one that says seventh round picks are meaningless. That's true. Outside of the top 100, picks don't matter. They're all just gambles anyway. So that's that's totally true. So I, I guess I guess I <laughs> too much. I've, I've been had my own yeah. by my own. Yeah, I, you're right. I am smart. Okay, never mind. I'm dragging my point. <laughs> <laughs> Matthias, what do you got? Uh, you know, I I had to touch on it. I know it's not about the Titans, but uh, actually, there was one about the Titans, but I didn't want to call this person out. Anyway, a radio person. Uh, who talks about the Titans, uh, called Malcolm Butler a nickel cornerback and said he was better there in the nickel uh, than playing man on the outside. Don't know what that was about, but don't want to call that person out. I will call out Brady Papinga, who had a, oh my God, just the most mind-melting take, and I'm just going to read it. Lamar Jackson is the poor man's Taysom Hill. It's not the other way around. That's what we have in Taysom. That's why the Saints aren't messing around. He eventually will be taken care of. I I don't even want to waste my energy talking about this. This is just brutally incompetent take-itude. And probably biased. I think Brady Papinga might have gone to BYU. Uh, But if you go to that tweet where uh, that quote came from, there's a very cool video a cut up of Taysom Hill in college against Utah. And he looks like the worst quarterback ever. And I really implore you to watch it. You know, that's one of the strangest things to come from this off season was the Taysom Hill hype. So weird. I don't get it. I don't get it all. I think he has hired, like he is paying media people to talk good about him. It's the only thing I could possibly think of. It's not like, okay. Y'all want to hear a conspiracy theory. I think we've talked about this off the air before, but I don't think it's him. I think he's like not a victim, but I think he's just almost not relevant. I think this is all Sean Payton trying to posture to get somebody to trade him a second round pick or, you know, first, give up. You something. got a first round tender. We got a first round tender, but he could still trade him for a second round pick. Right, right, right. So it's like, you know, if you don't want to pay the tender or whatever and pay him, he can say, like, look, we think he's a first round pick. I mean, you heard Brady Papinga. He thinks he's better than Lamar Jackson. You know, I know he's almost 30 years old, which is insane, but it's like, but if you trade us a second round pick, we'll let you have him just because we love Drew Brees so much and we'll just find another guy to be his backup. Like, I mean, I think it's very much one of those situations where he's trying to create a market because. I mean, he knows that he's a year away from having to let him walk in free agency and somebody else paying him six million dollars. But if he can convince, you know, if he can make the general narrative that he might be a good quarterback and you can get somebody desperate. I mean, how many times do we see Sam Bradford traded for? I mean, we saw Nick Foles get traded, what, twice, three times? I mean, you get these guys who everybody's like, well, if you use them correctly, they're good. Or, you know, even Tyrod Taylor. So it's like, you the thing know, is he wasn't even good. He was terrible oh, throwing the ball. Oh, I mean, I'm with you. But at the same time, I'm I'm saying that's what he's trying to create. Is that no, I know he's, he's trying to do it through the media. And the film is only kind of there if you squint your eyes, just not, not the parts where he's playing quarterback. But uh, so that, which that's, is that's what he is. Him. He's technically a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Um, okay, I'll I'll go ahead and do mine. Uh, so there's this theory out there that the Titans traded, you know, Jarrell Casey for a seventh round pick, and everybody talks about how he's a five time Pro Bowler, and we've all talked about how the Pro Bowl is flawed anyway, but. There, there's this idea that the Titans just got completely swindled and that it's 
you know, such a bad move from Robinson because you could have traded him somewhere else for a first or a second round pick. That's how good Jarrell Casey is. This is not true. Like it's, it wasn't a situation and everybody brings up the Bill O'Brien trade with Hopkins. The Bill O'Brien trade with Hopkins started out with Bill O'Brien calling the Cardinals and saying, we want David Johnson and his bad contract. And they said, okay, well, will you give us your best player? And they said, of course. And so that's how that <laughs> the, with the Titans, it was, you know, we're looking to move on from Gerald Casey because we think we've got good defensive tackles behind him and Isaiah Mack and uh, Jeffrey Simmons. And we think that they're, you know, equipped to be starters. They're not going to get time with him here. We're going to try to get something back for him and get more cap relief. And so I'm sure he didn't just call the Broncos and said, do y'all have an extra seventh round pick you can throw away? I'm sure his name, you know, I think Ian Rappaport called it, um, you know, very discreetly or, or quietly have been shopping him. And you don't say shopping when you just talk to the Broncos. Like, you know, it, the the whole thing with DeAndre Hopkins was that teams were calling the Texans and the Texans were saying, no, we'd have to be blown away with an offer. So it that's not shopping around. Like Hopkins wasn't shopped around. Casey was being shopped around. So this idea that his market value was, you know, there was 20 teams in the NFL ready to give up top 100 picks for him. It's just not true. Like he's, you know, he's going to be 31 at the end of this year. He's going to be expensive going forward. And even if, you know, he's only getting paid like a top 10 defensive tackle and not a top five defensive tackle. It's still a lot of money for a guy who is, you know, been banged up, probably not going to have a ton of great years left in him anyway. So I guess my stop the nonsense is just this general idea that, and you'll hear it from people who don't watch Titans. So I don't expect it from Titans fans as much, but it's this idea that the Titans lost this trade and then it was an inept move when really it was just a move that they feel like they have better players. It's great to get Capperly back. It's great to get a pick back. But at the end of the day, this wasn't like John Robinson just called the first number on his speed dial and it was the Broncos and he asked for whatever they would give up for Casey. So that, that narrative needs to go away. All right. That's going to do it for us. This was good. I think we, we came up with more content than we thought we would. Yeah, I thought this was going to be like a 15-minute episode. Yeah, so in, enjoy this during your quarantine. Yeah. Uh, until next time, for Willa Matias, I am Luke reminding you and everyone else in the sports world to stop the nonsense. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.